This is episode 252 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are 7 Terrifying Realities of Long-Term Blackouts That You've Probably Never Considered and Apartment Prepping Mistakes to Avoid. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, I'd like to welcome all our new listeners out there. And if you are not subscribed, I welcome you to do that in iTunes, Stitcher, or any other podcast network. So that way you never miss a future podcast. Hey, from time to time, I get asked if there's a way that listeners can support the Prepper Website Podcast or Prepper Website. And I don't have any donation buttons and I don't have uh, you know Patreon or anything like that. One way that you can uh, support the Prepper Website Podcast is if you purchase anything through Amazon, and many people do nowadays, if you purchase anything through Amazon, you can go through our links, our affiliate links, and then anything that you purchase will give a, will, will get back a little percentage of that. It's a very, very small percentage, but if you know many people do that, then it turns out to be a nice little blessing for me, and I'm able to cut some costs and, and things that I need to do here on, uh, on the podcast and, and on Prepper website. And so I have links on every uh, website, so on Ed That Matters, on the Prepper Website Podcast, and also on Prepper Website, and you can use those links to go to Amazon. It doesn't cost you anything extra, doesn't cost you anything more, but whatever you purchase, regardless of what it is, even if it's even if you're buying something for your kitchen, it still gives us a little blessing, uh, a little um, percentage back, and so that that's always helpful. So if you want to support... Uh, the podcast or or prepper website you can do that by purchasing through or making your amazon purchases through our amazon affiliate all right guys i am so glad that it's friday it's been a very long week it feels like it's been a very long week i'm looking forward to some uh rest and and just uh being able to recharge but before we do that let's go ahead and get into our articles of uh of for friday our last podcast of the week Our first one comes to us from askaprepper.com, and the title of the article is Seven Terrifying Realities of Long-Term Blackouts That You've Probably Never Considered. So let's go ahead and read this one. Before we get into our list, let's first describe exactly what is meant by a long-term blackout. Ready.gov does not characterize power outages by short and long term. They merely offer advice for dealing with power outages in general. It's important we discuss the term because... A long-term blackout can mean many things to many people. For those accustomed to losing power, a week without may not even phase them, whereas those who rarely lose power might consider a long-term blackout to be three days. For the purpose of this article, we are going to call a long-term blackout a period without power to major infrastructure, residential, and business operations for a period of three months or more. In this time, the base for civility will be shattered and the consequences of missing basic public services will be widespread. So water. While it may be common knowledge that a widespread blackout is going to present problems for the water supply, I think many people do not consider the details of what that means. When will water treatment plants officially go offline? How will that correlate with water taps no longer running? Without local news, 
how will you know when to stop trusting the water that's coming out of the tap? The truth about water in a long-term blackout is that drinking from your tap will become Russian roulette. You won't know when, but eventually the water coming through those pipes will likely be contaminated or there will be no water coming out. You just don't know what will happen first. The Trash Fresh off the holiday season is a wonderful time to consider the importance of the garbage services. Remember what it was like after Christmas? Imagine what your yard or home would look like a month without trash service. Even if you have a healthy bit of food storage, it's all packaged. The packaging is going to need to go somewhere. Most people don't consider just how quickly their trash will pile up. It will be a matter of weeks before things get out of hand. Trash will be all over the streets, and before long, the pests and animals will come to take advantage. Without a concrete, agreed-upon method for dealing with the trash in a neighborhood, you will quickly find your beautiful little community piled with trash and filth, as well as being flea-infested. It is not a pretty picture, but post-disaster trash collection and management are topics I rarely see discussed, even in the prepper world. You know, when I was uh, getting ready for this podcast, I was wondering if uh, you know, trash service, like a burning trash service, uh, is something that someone could offer as a as a service and for payment or barter or trade or whatever. So, uh, you know, they would come around and pick up your trash and then it would have to be like certain types of trash, right? So we'll burn everything that is paper or everything that is cardboard or everything that can burn uh, plastics and stuff like that. Maybe they charge extra and, and, you know, they do something different with that. I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe they recycle it. I, I don't know. But anyway, that might be a thought out there. If you have enough, uh, you know, property where you can set up burn barrels and things like that. I don't know. Uh, I was thinking that might be uh, something that might be worth it. All right. Continuing on. Our next one is sewage. As I mentioned earlier, there will be time when the water stops running. As a prepper, you will have to decide what to do about sewage. You can use water to flush your toilets, but that can be a waste of water and it might also eventually result in a backup. That could be a dangerous situation considering feces harbors deadly bacteria. You will not have access to a quick Z-pack from your doctor. People rarely consider where all their bodily waste is going to go in a long-term blackout. Once the water stops running, you are left with very few options. Burying or burning is about it. Of course, it's the neighbors and the passerbys that make for more concern. What will they do with their waste? If you are living in a world stacked up with trash and human excrement, you will be at maximum risk for contracting a disease. Not to mention, this will affect water quality in your area. And that's something that I have talked about before in the past. Uh, a lot of the, you know, if you're gravity fed, if your sewage system in your city or wherever you're at is gravity fed, fine. But a lot of, uh, you know, neighborhoods like mine, I know is gravity to a certain point, And then there's pumps that pump over the sewage, uh, pump it over, and then it starts on a gravity feed again. So when those pumps stop working, eventually it's going to back up into the homes, right? Uh, and that's everybody in the neighborhood is feeding into the sewage lines. And so you're not only going to get your sewage, but you're going to get everybody else's sewage as well. And so there you, you need to have a way to stop the sewage from coming back into your house. So maybe in the, in the clean out, uh, in the clean out pipe, you put a, a, a pig, uh, where you're able to, uh, you know, inflate it 
and then you're able to that blocks anything from coming back into the home and uh, that's something that I've always talked about uh, you can find them on Amazon you just have to search for them and then you have to find a way to get them into the drainage pipe and then blow them up so you're gonna have to rig something up so you definitely want to have something ahead of time set up ahead of the time but uh, I mean, this is a real reality uh, when we had Hurricane Harvey uh, one of our church members uh, was in an area where the water treatment plants where they had a, a meeting and they said hey um, you can continue to flush your toilets and use your toilets and use your water but don't do laundry because that would have been that would have sent too much water through and so you know they were in a situation where they could not uh, use so much water and some people were concerned about it you know people not following instructions and uh, backing up into uh, into homes and stuff like that uh, luckily they got it taken care of but this is a real reality here that a lot of people don't even think about the next topic is disease all the above realities of a long-term blackout lead to disease add to those things the lack of sleep malnutrition and living without heating or air conditioning and things will get bad fast before long it will seem like everyone around you is sick worst of all you won't be able to professionally diagnose any of it waterborne illness will likely be the biggest killer you need only to look at third world nations to understand that waterborne pathogens kill 4,000 children each day on this planet it's the world's leading killer during a long-term blackout, these pathogens will be a massive threat here in the U.S. Bills. While food, water, and disease might be high on the prepper list, bills might not be. What happens if the long-term blackout doesn't affect the whole country? What if it's an isolated blackout and things like mortgage, work, and other debt still need to be considered? If the narrative is such that recovery is possible, debtors will still be hungry for payment. In the early days of a long-term blackout, you could still have bills to pay. It may seem heartless on the end of the debtors and banks, but it still may be very true. Do you have an emergency fund for these types of issues? An emergency fund is the best defense against this, against this situation. Now, the speed of decline. I think the most terrifying reality of a long-term blackout would be the shocking speed of decline. When people see just how quickly the world comes apart, it will mortify them. Quote, Lord Cameron of Dillington said, we are nine meals away from anarchy. That means that after nine meals, most people will hit a hard wall and have to start making terrible decisions about food, water, and other provisions. In fact, I'd like to expand upon Lord Cameron's quote and say most Americans are one supermarket trip away from collapse. That said, a true blackout that lasted over a month would spawn such chaos it would be hard for the human mind to understand how it could go so bad so fast. This would be particularly true if government assistance was not part of the equation. With the government in mind, we must, re we must consider recovery. What would recovery look like? Following a long-term blackout, the government would be faced with some hard decisions. You see, because of the chaos that we have already discussed, there would be a time limit on recovery. The government and local resources would scramble to deal with the blackout, but there would be limited resources and time to get power back on. Those areas that got power first would be in decent shape, maybe. The longer it took to get to other areas would determine whether those areas could be helped at all. Some areas would be so bad off that moving forces in to repair things might not be possible. The human threat may be too great. 
Now consider those areas that first got power back up and running. How do you think neighboring communities would feel about those who have power? How long would it take before the anarchy wound up in the backyards of those with power? Resources, logistics, and the feasibility of repair, along with public cooperation, would all be issues in recovery. It would not be the same protocol as recovering power after a hurricane. You must go back to the core basics of prepping. Do not get overwhelmed at the stark realities of a long-term blackout. You must be prepared to outlast or adapt to the power outage. You should have a plan to wait out a return of service, but also have a plan for never having power again. Also, if things get ugly fast, you better have a well-oiled bug-out plan that will at least get you away from the masses. This plan should be written and practiced with the whole family. Find out what a true bug-out looks like and feels like with your family. Do not bet your life on false pretenses and predictions of performance. All right. I think it's a great article there and some ideas that you're not even maybe thinking about. A lot of people don't think about, you know, just that first comment. There's 75 comments here, but uh, one of the comments here, the first one was very good guide with the snow we had this year. My work site shut down for two weeks and effectively cut my pay in half. Even my bank, which is a local one, didn't acknowledge the fact when I couldn't pay in full this time. Yeah, so, you know, that's just a, uh, you know, not being able to work because of snow. And can you imagine what it would be like? A lot of good things, like I said here, to consider. Uh, you know, sometimes people read something like this and think, wow, there's just no hope. Uh, you know, you, it, it would be so chaotic and, and um, you, you know, could we ever, you know, return from something like that? So, um, you know, I don't know if three months uh, worth of a blackout, if that's realistic. I think things would probably devolve into chaos faster. Um, you know, it, w- it wouldn't take three months at all. I think if so, I'm thinking back to that uh, art, um, to that video by National Geographic. Uh, it was a docudrama called American Blackout. I got a preview of that of that show, and I thought it was really great. And had my kids watch it, and uh, you know, I, you can still find it on YouTube. I'm sure. Uh, if you've never seen it, go uh, go YouTube American Blackout. And, uh, you know, it's very eye-opening. I think, you know, within a week or 10 days. And so it follows all these different peoples and all these things that are going on. So I think it would devolve faster. I also think that if it was in a portion of the country, let's say it happened like in the Florida area, whatever, I think a lot of people would be uh, migrating very, very quickly out of there and going to other parts of the country, and maybe just going enough to where they would have power. But, uh, you know, that's something to consider as well, uh, the influx of people moving into areas. I know we experienced a lot of, of influx of people when Hurricane uh, Katrina hit Louisiana. A lot of people came to Houston, and, uh, you know, we, we experienced that as well. And so a lot of people never went back. To, uh, to Louisiana after coming here from Katrina. And uh, so, you know, you have to kind of manage that and think about that as well. So this, this is over at askaprepper.com. And uh, like always, I link to it in the show notes. You can go check it out. And uh, there's links throughout the article that you can click on. All right, our next article comes to us from apartmentprepper.com. I think it's been a while since I've read an article from Apartment Prepper. But I know that there's a lot of you listening that are probably in apartments and uh, Bernie Carr does a great uh, job of uh, sharing information out there 
about apartment prepping and uh, being able to, uh, you know, being able to take care of yourself, even if you have a bunch of, uh, you know, you don't have a big space like a, a normal house would have, right? And even in homes, a lot of people are always say, you know, I don't have any room, but you can even imagine, you know, in an apartment complex. So if you're in an apartment or even you're starting to prep in a home, uh, these things will be very, uh, these ideas and these thoughts will be very interesting to you and you should be keeping them in mind. So the title is Apartment Prepping Mistakes to Avoid. Let's go ahead and read this one. I started this blog just a few months after I started my journey into preparing for emergencies. Now that I've had a little bit of time trying things out, I thought I'd share some of our less than stellar results. Hopefully you will avoid some of the mistakes that we've made. Number one is not keeping track of expiration dates. I feel I have to keep reminding myself and others to keep track of those expiration dates. I know these are not firm dates and many items keep past the posted date. However, some packaged foods really do not taste so good even when slightly past the date. One example is the dull fruit cups. I tried eating one that was past the date. I did not get sick, but the stuff did not taste good. It had a waxy taste that is not there when the item is fresh. At best, you will end up with off-tasting food, but it could be worse. Take a Sharpie and rewrite the dates where it is visible and keep rotating those packages. Yeah, that is the very, that's very important. And, you know, having a, a Sharpie and writing the expiration date is very helpful, uh, you know, for if you're, if you're rotating. But definitely, you know, having a plan to rotate, that will just make sure that you take care of, uh, of that and you never have any expiration dates. But, you know, someone left a comment here is that expiration dates are, you know, uh, don't throw out any food or anything like that. I know that Bernie had an issue here with the dull fruit cup, but for the most part, food will go way past its expiration date. Uh, so, you know, just uh, use common sense when you are uh, opening up packages and make sure that it smells right, that it looks right, that, you know, that there's, there doesn't look like there's anything wrong with the food before you start eating it or serving it to your family. All right, the next uh, mistake was not keeping a good inventory of items. Storing stuff in an apartment is challenging and many times we are forced to stash things in different spots around the unit. When supplies are stored separately, it is easy to lose track of what you have. You may not find your emergency items when you most need them most. You may forget you already have an item and wind up buying multiples. It's good to have redundancy, but not if you lost track of what you have. Keep a written inventory of what you have, including their locations. All right, good advice there. And then the next one is not storing enough water. Because of space constraints, many apartment dwellers may neglect storing enough water for everyone in the household, including pets. I know it is difficult, but it is possible. Consider stackable water bricks. The water bob is also one I keep for emergencies. As soon as a hurricane warning is issued, we fill up the tub. Don't store water in flimsy containers, including 2.5 gallon bottled water jugs. I've already had an accident with a water jug once and nearly flooded my closet another time. Don't make these same mistakes. Store water in disinfected soda bottles as they are more sturdy or those new BPA-free plastic containers. I mean, that is the, um, you know, in apartments, I, I, and I've already said it, I can only imagine what it's like to store water. Um, you want to make sure that if you're like on a second story or third story, that uh, when you store water that you're not, 
making things too heavy because because water can can get pretty heavy pretty quickly. Uh, so you want to make sure that you're not in an area where you know you're going to cause the floor to to weaken uh, or anything like that. You know, just being smart about your water and and storing it and having places. You know, if you can store it along a wall, maybe and you in a way you can decorate uh, around it. And so it doesn't look, you know, like uh, just a big wall of water or whatever. Uh, that might be uh, something that you have to do. But uh, you definitely need to get creative when you're in an apartment. You got to get creative when you're in a home as well, because when you talk about having enough water for, you know, a big family, um, there's just you got to be creative there too. All right, uh, continuing on, buying equipment without checking if you have room. I received email from readers who bought big ticket items such as generators without checking where they would store it, or even if their building allows these items. Similarly, I've seen neighbors bringing a big barbecue grill, then finding out our lease does not allow grills due to fire hazard rules. Read your lease before making large purchases and decide in advance where you would store things before buying them. All right, so how true is that? Uh, You never think that something as simple as a barbecue grill uh, will not be allowed. Uh, I know when my wife and I were first married so, so many years ago, uh, we had a barbecue grill on a on the balcony and we weren't supposed to have that there. Um, and But I, I guess I never really followed the rules. I guess I, uh, uh, you know, I continued to barbecue. I think I barbecued on the weekends when the leasing office was uh, closed after hours and stuff like that. But uh, something to consider there. Uh, you know, you, you really got to think that through there. Hopefully, you know, you're in an apartment where they have a little storage shed, uh, you know, in the garage or something like that. And then you're able to store something like a generator there. Uh, you can always do like a solar generator where you have battery backups, uh, you know, car batteries or deep cell batteries, marine batteries. And then you have, uh, you know, a solar panel that you can put in a window somewhere. So uh, that, that might be an option for you. All right. The next thing is taking security for granted. Many rentals are considered security apartments, and many tenants take this for granted. I see many of my neighbors leaving their garage doors open all day or being very obvious when they are going on vacation. One security failure for preppers is having deliveries of items in labeled and highly visible boxes. In our building, the deliveries are made at the leasing office, so it gets very obvious who's getting new stuff. When ordering, find out from customer service what type of boxes will be delivered and keep track of your delivery dates. And then the last one is keeping supplies out in plain view. A couple of issues about apartment living is the proximity of everyone around and the access various people have to your living space. Keep your blinds closed so that no one passing by your window can peek and see all the goodies you have around. Be selective about whom you grant access to your unit. Some are unavoidable such as when you have the maintenance issues but some can be avoided. Our apartment has a pest control crew, and I have denied them access in the past. So talking about that, um, you know, there was a young teacher who, uh, you know, very young, pretty, you know, young teacher whose parents, uh, you know, she was living on her own by herself for the very first time. And her parents bought her uh, a firearm in which, you know, I thought that was great. And she was all about going to the firing range. I believe she got her uh, concealed handgun license permit. And, and all that kind of stuff. But she was telling me about a situation where uh, a maintenance worker uh, came in and saw her gun on 
on her nightstand and just just laying there and I'm like no no you don't you don't want to do that you don't want to you don't want people to know that your firearm is just out like that uh, you know you you know it'd be it would have been better if you were just carrying it on you or you know at least hide it don't just leave it out if someone was to uh, come into your apartment for whatever reason it's there they can easily take it or if someone was to break in they could take it you know and so uh, you know that was that was one of those things she wasn't really thinking about and you know she was new to firearms and and uh, not realizing that uh, a firearm would be something that somebody would want to steal so this idea of keeping things in plain view and that's that, that's the firearm but just anything you know uh, you, you just want to be very smart about that. So, uh, you know, some good points here. To finish it off, there's a few lines. Uh, we've all had those I sure wish I had be- known better moments. All we can do is continue to learn. Hopefully these tips will keep you from making the same mistakes. And, you know, that's the truth. Anybody in preparedness, uh, anybody will tell you that they've, they've made some mistakes along the way. If there's anybody out there that, that has told you or that would say that they never made a mistake in preparedness, they never purchased something that you know they shouldn't have purchased, or they never uh, you know had this idea and did this or what you know, then they're lying because you know everyone makes mistakes, and that's the that's the whole point of it is we make mistakes, you readjust, and you know hopefully you learn from other people. That's why we read articles. That's why uh, you know you're listening to the podcast that you're able to learn and you're not you don't make those same kind of mistakes that other people have made, right? So uh, good point here. Good article by uh, Bernie Carr over at the Apartment Prepper uh, or ApartmentPrepper.com. And if you uh, are looking for uh, more apartment prepping ideas go come check this out there's a lot of great information over here that uh, that you can uh, read and it's specific to apartments so if you are prepping and you live in an apartment uh, just come check this out there's just a lot you know Bernie's been after it for a while so there's a lot of information here for you that you can read all right guys that's it for episode 252 thank you so much for listening and being a part of the podcast this week I hope you, like myself, get a chance to go and rest, uh, but also do some things that uh, you know you've been wanting to do. There's just you know sometimes there's you get this list of things you just want to do, and and uh, hopefully you know you start to knock some of those things off. Definitely, you know that's always a good thing. So uh, you know thanks for listening and being a part, and uh, hope you get some rest, get some family time, get some dirt time whatever you need to do to recharge out there. And then we will see you next week with more great podcast episodes. With that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.